Welcome to Talk the Talk. I'm Bill Newman. I'm Buzz Eisenberg. And the last time that we spoke with Holyoke's mayor, Joshua Garcia, I perceived, it was my distinct impression, that he was very enthusiastic about and optimistic about the Holyoke school system being relieved from receivership. The school system has been under state receivership for many years now. And then last week, I read in the newspapers that, well, receivership was actually not going to end this school year, and there was no definite date, as far as I could tell from reading the newspaper reports, as to when receivership might end. We have with us today the mayor of Holyoke, Joshua Garcia. It is indeed Mayor's Monday on WHMP and the Northampton Radio Group. Mayor Joshua Garcia, thank you so much for being with us today. What's the story? Did I misread what you were telling me or mishear what you were saying last time? You seemed that to be optimistic. Oh, absolutely not. I was very optimistic. I understand, Bill, my management style. I'm a glass half full kind of guy uh, versus glass half empty. And, uh, you know, well, the letter that we received wasn't a negative one. All they did was defer their decision uh, on next steps to the spring. But, you know, I responded very, you know, I was frustrated, frustrated because um, you know, the city of Holyoke has always been a good partner with the Commonwealth of Massachusetts on different levels for the past, you know, 30, 40 plus years. And uh, here we are trying to navigate the steps in front of us to transition to local control. And, you know, the letter I was looking for was, yes, we agree and still send the same message he wanted to send, right? Let's meet on such and such dates to put together a plan on what that transition looks like. So it was very vague. It wasn't straightforward. It didn't have any um, substance to it, which just kind of, you know, it contributes to the frustration as a partner um, in this whole uh, system here. Mayor Garcia, do you have an understanding of what it is that the city of Holyoke needs to do and or the school system needs to accomplish in order for the school system to be returned to local control and the supervision of this elected school committee? What do you got to do? What are they looking for? What's the well, metric? That's that's exactly it. And I think that's why the community, um, and my, including myself, is frustrated. Um, you know, after, so we got that letter on a Friday night, last minute, last hour, after five o'clock, we responded. Well, I responded. Um, Saturday morning, I got a call from Commissioner Tutwiler as well as the Lieutenant Governor, who were sound just as frustrated as I was, um, and had agreed that they will work with me and the Commissioner in, in making sure that we come up with that plan with a path forward and a timeline that identifies those key indicators that we need to hit as we go forward and, and try to transition. So that's 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 it, Bill. There's, you know, that, that's what's frustrating the community: the fact that there isn't any real plan, no no benchmarks we need to hit, no anything. And that was what I was looking for when that letter was released and didn't have anything. So explain this to me, if you would, please, Mayor. The Holyoke school school system went into receivership because it was one of three in the state that the state said was 
failing its students, in essence. And they said, well, we mm-hmm. can do it better. We can fix it. And now it's been, what, eight, eight years, ten years in receivership? Nine years. Okay. Yep. What, what, have, what has the state accomplished, and what is still to be accomplished? It can't think that it has a school system in receivership in perpetuity. That doesn't make any sense. It's supposed to be a fix of some sort. So has, this, has the state fixed something? And if so, what is left that you understand still needs to be fixed before the state will allow this holy city of Holyoke to have its school system back. You know, I have no other, um, I have no other, no other thought than to think that the commissioner currently just doesn't know what he wants to do or even what he's doing with the whole receivership situation. Cause to your point, yes, when, the state took over the district nine years ago. They took it over because uh, the, the district was underperforming. It wasn't uh, producing the results that they were looking for. Nine years later, we're, the results are are stagnant. There hasn't been any dramatic improvement or rapid improvement as you know the state had, had essentially promised when they came in. Um, and I think that that's where, that's where I kind of personally feel where the commissioner might be, uh, you know, taking a step back here there, there isn't any win for the state but with that being said you know I, I i wouldn't beat myself over the head over it it's not the state's fault it's not the local government when we were in control's fault there's something much bigger to be told and that's the quality of life challenges going on in gateway cities uh predominantly these three communities um you know that are black and brown mostly um communities and you know, the conversation needs to be, what are we doing to help resolve and close the gaps that are impacting the social determinants of health that's impacting this community? What are the systemic issues that the Commonwealth has created that streamlines these problems to these uh, uh, gateway cities? And how do we untangle that um, and throwing resources to that to improve outcomes? So, you know, these kids, they're going to school and you're expecting the school to solve neighborhood problems. And that's not what that's not the school's job. Um, so, you know, I, I, although the state failed, I call it the grand experiment. It failed, but that's, I can't point, this isn't a time to point fingers. This is a time to understand what this means and how we work better together to meet the needs of our kids within our school district. Mayor Garcia, we've been speaking with a number of town managers and mayors and school officials about the lack of funding coming from the state or the reduction in funding effectively coming from the state. Is this part of the issue for the city of Holyoke or is the funding more or less adequate at this point and more or less in place? It was, it's a, it's a piece of it. Absolutely. When we were, when the district was under local control, there was inadequate funding and um, receivership came in Still not adequate funding, but the Student Opportunity Act passed. Uh, and the Student Opportunity Act has, has made available a substantial amount of resources that didn't exist before. Um, now they have more money than what they can spend at the moment, which is, um, you know, you know, funding obviously is, is, is a big issue. There, there is, um, you know, although the state didn't necessarily, you know, achieve the outcomes they were looking for, uh, I try to look at, areas that you know where we did benefit with receivership and you know the state has when you're in receivership there's a great deal of flexibility that you have that local governments just don't have so things were moved around repositioned and 
you know, we have to, you know, take that and kind of and uh, couple that with the with the infusion of resources we're getting through the Student Opportunity Act, and um, continue to work together to to build on that foundation. And I'm pretty, you know, pretty sure you'll see improvements over time, but not anything that's going to resolve within a year or so. And then you got to understand the pandemic happened too, and that put everyone backwards. So it's a combination of factors involved here. But whether under state control or local control, it's not going to move any faster, which is every reason why we're advocating to get our schools back into local control uh, out of the respect for democracy. Uh, Mayor, Mayor Joshua Garcia, this is Buzz. I, I'm totally hey, Buzz. hi. I'm totally confused about this process. Commissioner Jeffrey Riley of of the Department of Elementary and Secondary Education, he m writes a note. And he says, in light of the progress to date, the department would like to further confer with the receiver and the school committee about how to build back the schools, the quality of the educational process in Holyoke. Who makes the actual decision? What input is there? Is it just one person's determination? Is there a uh, way to present evidence to make arguments other than just asking one person to make a determination? It's the commissioner's determination. And again, the letter, and I'm happy to hear you're confused. I think you and I are on the same page, um, just as confused. The letter isn't a negative one, it, you know, but that's, the that's, again, part of the frustration is we submitted this petition. The school board submitted this petition back in September. We got receipt of acknowledgement around December from the commissioner. Commissioner says, thank you so much. I'm going to um, have the receiver do an analysis and give me a recommendation and you'll hear from me February 2nd. And so uh, during that time, the receiver submitted his recommendation strongly urging that the commissioner give, give back schools to local control with some, with some reasonable uh, metrics that we need to work on to, to make it work. Uh, February 2nd comes around and we still need to get together to confer, as he notes in his letter. And, you know, from those moments, from, from that time that he acknowledged received in December to February 2nd, I didn't get a call. I didn't get any messages to, to meet so we can work together and figure this out. I didn't, I, you know, the school, the DESE board didn't even talk about Holyoke at all on their agendas from during this time period. So it just made me feel like the city of Holyoke wasn't being respected as a partner in this process, that we weren't being prioritized or taken seriously. And that's where the, the frustration is. But with, with all that said, you know, having a call from the Lieutenant Governor, as well as the Secretary of Education Saturday morning of February 3rd was very reassuring. It did seem like there's a little bit of disconnect on the state level, which I get it. it happens here in the local government level too. Um, you got state leadership trying to figure things out as they work together and navigate things. And so I just want to make sure that the city of Holyoke and the people here that we're not just brushed to the side, that we're we're partners. And you know, I value my partner with the state. I always come to the table to help where I can and I expect the same in return. Well I just for my two cents for whatever it's worth, it should not be a decision of one person. There should be a group of people entertaining it, and I'm I'm sure he got some. Jeffrey Riley got some advice as a commissioner of 
Department of Elementary and Secondary Education, but I, it just seems to me just too unilateral, and the process should be reviewed. Uh, while they're reviewing Holyoke, they should be reviewing their own process, in my view. Mayor Garcia, I, I'd like to know this. Are there programs or metrics that are in place now uh, that weren't in place when the Commonwealth took over and put the Holyoke school system into receivership that will continue? In other words, for example, yeah. uh, how about the, the graduation rate? What about the uh, dropout rate? What about prog- in-school programs? What about wraparound services? Are there those kinds of considerations about what will be continued that may indeed have improved outcomes for students in the Holyoke school system while it has been in receivership these past nine years? Well, that's what I meant when I said, you know, receivership has, there has been some benefit. They've made some changes that didn't exist before. They had a lot more flexibility than what we had to go in and and really introduce new programs and uh, move things around and restructure things, Um, you know, to do exactly that, to improve those metrics. They do have a turnaround plan. The first turnaround plan they had was kind of, you know, an unrealistic one. Uh, and since Soto came in, uh, the new turnaround plan that they have or that he put in place uh, is much more realistic and forward thinking. Um, the programs in place, if it's any, you know, the graduation rates and the dropout rate did improve. Um, but still, the academic outcomes are not what any anybody wants them to be they're stagnant uh, but yes the programs and and services that have been implemented since receivership there is anything that we want to change what we're saying is hey look these are things that you know over time you know we can see things improving but whether it's in state control or local control there isn't going to be much of a difference so with that being said give it back um and we'll take it from here We are speaking with Holyoke Mayor Joshua Garcia on this Mayor's Monday. I want to share with you and with the mayor uh, a press release from his office uh, under a week ago. Dateline Holyoke, the city of Holyoke is thrilled to announce the groundbreaking initiative to construct a state-of-the-art sports complex set to become the new home for the prestigious International Volleyball Hall of Fame, spearheaded by Mayor Joshua A. Garcia and local entrepreneur Cesar Ruiz leader of the USA International Sports Complex Group. This venture seeks to bolster Holyoke's status as the birthplace of volleyball and a hub for global sports development. It's a massively expensive, very ambitious program that could change the face of Holyoke. We'll find out more about it with the mayor right after this. You're listening to Talk Talk the Talk with Bill Newman and Buzz Eisenberg, WHMP. We continue our conversation with Holyoke Mayor Joshua Garcia, and we want to ask the mayor about this new announcement and an estimated investment of 50 to $65 million, 50 to $65 million, approximately 140,000 square feet of indoor space, 16 volleyball and basketball courts in the city of Holyoke. It sounds like an enormously ambitious project. Uh, mayor Garcia, is this realistic? Is this really going to happen? And in answering that question, why around volleyball, which is, I understand that Holyoke is the birthplace of volleyball, but volleyball does not really compete with basketball or football or baseball, for that matter, as 
America's pastime. So why do you think volleyball is going to be this attraction for a 50 to $65 million investment in the city? Help us understand that, please. Yeah, I mean, Bill, you know, the city of Holyoke is no stranger to ambitious projects. I mean, this whole city was built upon uh, people's ambitions. Uh, and so, you know, it's a, it's a big project. And again, I'm a glass half full rather than a glass half empty guy. I think anything's possible. Uh, why volleyball? Well, it's a sports complex. It's going to, you know, house multiple sports. Um, 16 volleyball and basketball courts, pickleball, um, you name it. Uh, but it's got a volleyball twist. And just to let you know, Bill, in case the public doesn't know, Volleyball is the fifth most play, played sport in the world. Basketball is number eight. So volleyball is a, a growing and very popular sport globally. It is also, it was voted in by the legislatures as the team sport, the number one team sport in the Commonwealth of Massachusetts. And, uh, you know, City of Holyoke being the home of the Volleyball Hall of Fame, um, has it's an anchor organization that's going to help uh, that I believe will help strongly cultivate this ambition to reality. Is this a private investment uh, a ambition or enterprise? Is the government going to help fund it? How's that going to work? And what's the timeline? It is uh, it is privately driven, um, but certainly like any any of these large projects, as we go forward, we're looking at how we can get creative with the funding using a combination of resources. Uh, the timeline is, speaking of the ambitious, is it's very ambitious. Um, he's, you know, the Cesar Ruiz is looking for to have this be open by the end of 2026, I think he said. Uh, they are currently con uh, negotiating a price on a piece of property here in the city of Hoyok that's um, over 10 acres. And, you know, once that that purchase is complete, you know, the community and the rest of Western Mass can can continue to feel optimistic that this will indeed happen. So the Volleyball yeah, Hall of Fame will move? Ideally, yeah. So the, the Caesar and his team has met with the board of directors of the Volleyball Hall of Fame on several occasions, have done several uh, presentations. Uh, you know, the, the consultants he's, he, he's hired, um, the sports, what is it, a sports advisory? Uh, has, you know, members of the board has met with his team and the consultants to go over the pro formas, do site visits. Um, and, you know, the board has committed to continue to explore this and potentially make this move. The board has been talking about moving for a while somewhere within the borders. There's been talk about moving into a space in the mall just to get some visibility. Um, uh, but this this sports complex really brings what the board has been wanting to do to new heights. Uh, we've always talked about hosting volleyball tournaments. The city of Hartford a couple weeks ago had a volleyball tournament that brought over 30,000 people into the city. Um, you know, you, you need adequate space and parking. Um, you need to, to be able to uh, accommodate tournaments like that. In Holyoke, we're a sports city. We have people from everywhere, from youth sports to adult sports that play in our public parks and our gyms. And, you know, this is certainly something that should be happening in Holyoke that, that, I, that I see that people are going to get behind and support because, because of these natural, um, 
uh, assets that we have, our geographical position in the region, and uh, who we are as a sports city, home of the Volleyball Hall of Fame. And I do want to point out, I was, I was telling Bill yesterday that uh, about 20 years ago, the National uh, Volleyball Championships were held uh, here, and they wanted to come to Holyoke because Holyoke was where the birthplace of volleyball, and William Morgan founded volleyball there, invented volleyball in 1895, but they couldn't find a place in Holyoke. They, they did go to Springfield College, and I forget how many teams. It was like 90 teams, national teams that came from all over the country. All those players needed a place to stay. They all ate. They were there for up to a week, depending on how quickly they got eliminated from this national tournament. And I will say that my nephew, Vicente Hill, was named most valuable player of that tournament, But because uh, i got to say that. But um, it, I think that there's, there's real potential. I mean, volleyball is a beloved sport for those of us who love it. So, Mayor, uh, I have a different uh, take for you on, on this. Uh, and it seems to me that one aspect of this proposal is that it be a community space where uh, uh, people from the city and beyond can use the basketball courts, can use the volleyball courts, can have a real sports complex that brings people together and allows for opportunity and uh, I think very helpful, particularly for youth sports, but also for uh, people who just want to get exercise and have a facility where they can meet friends and work out. All that having been said, it sounds a little bit like the plans for the Victory Theater, which is not just about being a theater, but which is about being a community space. And I'm wondering whether or not uh, you can update us, whether there's any uh, hope on the horizon for actual uh, opening or more renovation to be done at the Victory Theater, a project that has been in the works for a really long time in the city of Holyoke. Yeah, uh, you know, the, when you think about the, the, the different components that, that contribute to a vibrant community, uh, entertainment, arts and culture, sports, tourism, dining, you know, these are the, the three things that my administration has been really focused in trying to do what we can to, to bring into the city so that we can build, uh, continue to build a community that, that we want to see and thrive. The Victory Theater project continues to move forward. Um, we are currently working on some, there's some news that should be coming out very soon uh, so that we can start groundbreaking. Work has already been happening at the Victory Theater. Uh, the things that people don't see from the exterior, um, it's mostly you know structural um, and other um, renovations that they're doing uh, to, to hit the ground running here, but uh, very soon, you know, we should be releasing, we should be highlighting some, some new updates on, on what's going on in the Victory Theater. And as far as the sports complex, it, it, absolutely, if, if, if there was no commitment and support to community, I wouldn't be supporting this project. Uh, you know, we want to make sure that it's accessible um, and that people in this community can, and the folks that are working on this complex, you know, there's a phase one and a phase two. Uh, phase, they, they have this idea of doing an Olympian style. So it's not just one location. Phase one is one location, it's the hub. But and then ideally, depending on the success, it's, it's um, spreading uh, in different locations of the city um, into other areas, uh, downtown, um, 
maybe maybe a public private private uh, venture in our public parks to make sure that like as people you know um, schedule their games whatever the tournament is that we're spreading them adequately and that they're you know that we're supporting the the, the initiative mayor Garcia uh, this next topic is one we will pick up uh, when we speak next time I'd like to have a minute of your time though to tell us whether or not the uh, op- opioid settlement funds, um, a big expose yeah. in the Boston Globe last week, is Holyoke on top mm-hmm. of spending this money? Yeah, absolutely. We haven't touched a, a dime because I, you get what you plan for, Bill. And and I, you know, right now the state has been sc- scrambling a little and trying to strengthen the laws and the governing parameters behind these funds. Um, so while they're doing that internally, we've been coming up with ideas of how we want to spend it. Um, but you know, uh, we, we've set up an account, a revenue account, so we can put the funds in there as we collect them. Um, at, and you know, soon I hope to present a proposal, uh, so that we can go forward and begin, begin expanding. So we haven't spent a dollar of it, but, um, mostly because we want to be responsible and make sure that you know, we wait until the state governing guidelines come out around these funds so we can, you know, make sure that we're doing the right thing. And then you'll present the plan to whom? To the city council? Um, what, you know, if so, right, this is a little complicated. So right now we we've put 450,000 of what we've collected into a dedicated opioid stabilization account for so for for any money that's in there. Yes, I need a th- uh, two-thirds vote of the city council to move that money out. Uh, but it sounds like um, we're going to be establishing a, uh, a special revolving account where we can put that money, and I don't need any councilor vote. But wh- whether, it, you know, I'd, I still do look forward to work with my council colleagues to be sure that we're making these, these decisions together. We will leave it there. We have been speaking with the mayor of Holyoke, Joshua Garcia, on this Mayor's Monday on WHMP and the Northampton Radio Radio Group. Mr. Mayor, thank you so much for your time and insights today. We really appreciate it. Thank you, everybody. is Talk the Talk with Bill Newman and Buzz Eisenberg.